Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for uh, games about squids. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I am a, a doctor who uh, is also part of the game. I'm Dr. Mario. How, how are you? Oh, you know, just fantastic. Spent uh, my entire Saturday watching Squid Game. Uh, so, you know, my life can't get much better. Uh, but the thing that did happen this weekend that was very exciting was uh, Metroid Dread came out, uh, and I can't stop playing it, except for when I'm watching Squid Game. Yeah. I haven't started playing it yet. I, I looked at my local Target, uh, and they they don't have it. Uh, I was going to try to pick it up in a physical copy, but I might end up just getting it digital, because uh, fuck brick and mortar stores. Fucking can't find anything anywhere. Yeah, I went to Best Buy today to pick up some supplies for the other thing I'm going to talk about. But uh, I looked to see if they had Metroid Dread. Didn't have it there. Uh, just out of curiosity, because I would have probably picked it up and just sent it to you. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem yeah. like it's in stock anywhere. And I, I knew the one place it would be in stock digitally. Yeah, I understand that the game just came out, but like, I don't know. It didn't even look like there was a spot for it. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, they're selling them, those uh, special editions like on Best Buy and Walmart and Amazon and possibly Target, yeah. but it's just like, man, just give us the, some of us just want the regular game, you know? I don't know. I kind of, I don't know what all comes with the special edition, but like, I think it does come with the, the Amiibos for it, which I would be interested in. I don't know. And it comes with like an art book. Yeah, that sounds like a normal special edition. Because I got the uh, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon. Not Sun and Moon. What was the yeah. Alola ones? Is that, was that Sun and Moon? Yeah. Yeah, Sun and Moon uh, special edition. They came with, like, art books and stickers and shit like that. It was interesting. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Dude, the fucking Amazon scalping is real. The fucking uh, special edition for Metroid Dread is uh, selling for $188. And then the Amiibo pack for it is selling for $90. <laughs> when is the government going to uh, do something about you, scalping? Yeah, if you if you do this, I hope that you actually get like anal fissures. Cuz like it's not a free market right now uh, in, in in the digital age. Like this happened with the PS5, this happened with the new Xbox, like it's it's actually crazy how much this has been going on that and nothing's fucking happened. Yeah. Oh man, um, this is something that I just found out exists on on Amazon that like I didn't realize they were doing, and I wish that they had been doing it this whole time because it's a really good idea. But uh, they have Metroid Dread Amiibo cards, so it's just like the same NFC chip that's in the Amiibo, but instead of uh, like the the physical toy, it, you get it in like 
collectible card form. Uh, that's so you can still get like the content for it, but not have the amiibo, which is the reason yeah. I want I want an amiibo. I don't care about the content. I care about uh the physical toy looking thing because yeah. I'm a grown child. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's a it's a good idea. I wish that they offered all of them as both. Because then you have the the cheap option for cheapos, and then you have the collector's option for people who want to trace down little, track down little plastic figurines for $80 each on the dark web. Why don't they just call it uh, them a cheapos? Why don't they just call them, um, my parents are poor bows? Yeah. <laughs> The internet's wild. Uh, I also picked up a uh, handheld emulator today, or, well, really Friday, but, like, I was playing through Metroid Dread, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm having so much fun. I want to play through all of my games exactly like this, uh, from the Game Boy Advance era. So I picked one up. The literal brand is Ann Burnick, uh, which is so <laughs> close to my actual fucking name. But it was the one that, like, the retro gamers all suggest, like, hey, you should definitely do this one. This is the best one. So I got it, and unfortunately, it's very close to my name. So I look like a narcissist, even more so than normal. Yeah. That's it's actually hilarious. I don't know. What's the what's the form factor like on that? Is it switch adjacent? It seems like taller and narrower. Oh no, this is the size is of the like, actual is screen. Is it like holding a laptop screen? No, it's what what I'm holding is the size of like the actual screen of the Nintendo Switch. Like not like the okay. black bars, but like the inner portion, it's that entire size. Gotcha. It I say That's that fun. because I, I literally just picked it up and put it on top of the Switch to see. Yeah, it's much smaller. It's basically like same screen fa- form factor as like the Game Boy Advance. Which is exciting. I love yeah, that console. That is neat. I don't know. I saw that like I I didn't like go to the website because I won't go to like anything on the Kotaku website. Oh yeah. But, like people on Reddit were saying like, yeah, now like Kotaku's just like you know like actively encouraging people to pirate Metroid Dread. Yep. It's like, yeah, Kotaku has sucked for a really long time. Yeah, believe me, uh, I on my personal Twitter, I follow a lot of my gaming personality people, and they are just laying into Kotaku right now for their <laughs> very bad journalism. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing new, but I don't know, that'd be funny if uh, Nintendo... Now, <laughs> now, I just said Nintendo, which is... Uh, which Nintendo... Also a future... Ra- Futurama meme because uh, that was the the one where Fry wished that life was more like a video game and the people came and said they were from the planet Nintendo 64 oh but yeah it was the Omicronians I'm getting really deep into like references and shit already it is true but, uh, yeah that'd be that'd be cool if Nintendo uh, sued them for damages uh, literally their tweet uh, announcing the article or, like, for the article that, that that is getting circulated is, Metroid De- Dread is already running great on Switch emulators. Like, what? Yeah, which, like, 
They they did everything but provide people a link to download a fucking hacked ROM of it. The the beginning of their their article uh, before they took it down or before they took down the beginning part of the article was, hey, real quick, if you're a Nintendo lawyer or employee, just like don't read this. It was a silly mistake. Ignore this blog. You can go now. OK, everyone else. And then uh, recently they issued a retraction saying an earlier version of the story was understood by many readers to be a direct suggestion to illegally download this just released game. We regret this interpolation. Interpolation. Interpretation. Uh, Kotaku believes emulation is a vital part of the video game world, uh, not least when it comes to preserving a video game, while not directly encouraging anyone to break the law and download games they have not purchased. We believe our readers are intelligent adults capable of making such choices for themselves, independently of us. Okay, Kotaku. <laughs> Jesus. Boy, we hate them. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm having a lot of fun with Metroid Dread. Uh, it it is the sequel to Metroid Fusion. Like what, twenty years later, something like that, something close to that. Uh, and I'm yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. Still has the melee counter, which two games in, I'm not sure how I feel about it. But here we are. Yeah, I don't know. You and you and I were talking about this because, like, I never really used the melee counter that much in in Samus Returns, even though like they they really wanted us to um because like every metroid game you're like pretty much better off just running past every enemy than actually fighting them all so like i don't know waiting for the enemy to attack so that you can counter it's kind of a waste of time mm -hmm. although uh with like the new like boss enemy it it makes sense but like i don't know i wish that like not that it was a bad mechanic, like, it felt good to do it. It's just, like, it's really punishing if you try to go for it and fail. Yep. Yeah, there was one time that I, I failed it during a boss fight, and therefore I had to play the cycle again. Like, it didn't cause me any damage, it was just like, oh, you have to play through this attack cycle again. Get Whittle them down back to the health they were at before you did your counter sequence. And I just went, okay, it's annoying, but whatever. Uh, I, and, and like to finish a fight, I don't like it uh, because then it just becomes like a quick time video or like mini game. And I know that's already what like what nah. Samus or like the, the Metroid games are. It's just like, hey, jump around, avoid d damage and shoot things. Memorize but, the pattern. Yeah. Right. But then like doing a quick time, basically a glorified quick time event for to beat the to finish the boss is kind of dumb. Yeah. And and I will say this with complete confidence uh, quick time events have never improved a game. Like there's, there's never been a quick time in a, event in a game that wouldn't have been better off doing it as a cutscene or just letting me actually like play the game. Try the Until Dawn game. And and I say that as like somebody who has a deep like emotional like connection for the game Shenmue, which is where quick time events came from, but like. Yeah, I don't know. It just stop using them so much. Yeah. It, like if you have to, that's fine. But like don't base your game around it. Well, that's what Until Dawn is. It's uh wa part walking sim, part quick time event uh, simulator. Yeah. But uh I don't know. At the end of the day, I think uh Nintendo's going to be fine 
uh, despite Kotaku's best efforts. That's like, true. The the game is like overwhelmingly positive reviewed, positively reviewed, and like uh, they've sold like a bajillion switches. So, so much so they put out a new version, and everyone was like, "Oh, are we getting a Switch Pro version?" And Nintendo's just like, "No," and everyone's like, "Oh, that's upsetting." Oh yeah. well, we'll buy well, this like, one anyway. Everybody. <laughs> It's like it's like No Man's Sky all over again, you know? It's like people are people keep going on about this pro switch that Nintendo has never talked about. And it's just like you're you're building up expectations for nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I the the OLED switch is a nice upgrade, but like having like already got like the regular switch, I don't think it really makes sense like if i had a switch light or didn't have a switch i would go for the oled version yes but like having the base model switch it like it's not like that critical of an upgrade it doesn't increase performance of any games yeah. uh, i mean I, i'm a digital foundry youtube subscriber i watch a lot of their videos and i watched their oled review and they just went hey it's the same basic parts. They do the same thing. There's no boost in performance to any game whatsoever. It's just, you know, it looks prettier in handheld version. Yeah. Which, like, more and more I find myself playing everything, like, in docked mode anyway. So This is actually the first time I've been playing a game in not docked mode on the Switch in a while. But also the first game I've played on my Switch in a while anyway. So, uh, thank you, Dread. Uh fucking metroid dread uh i appreciate you greatly yeah i don't know i used to never play the switch in like tv mode like at all uh probably for like the first year that i had the switch the only time i've ever put it in the dock was to play like mario party or mm -hmm. whatever like with a group of people but like yeah, i don't know i'm i'm playing on the tv more and more but yeah like uh Breath of the Wild, I don't think I've ever played it in docked mode, and I've beaten that game three times. Well, it was nice, because, like, Ashley was watching something, uh, and I was like, I'm not interested in watching this. I, it was Shameless on Netflix, and I'm like, I'm really not all that into caring about watching this, but, I mean, you can watch this, and I'll just hang out with you, because I want to play Metroid Dread. And so, like, it gives me, uh, it does two things. One, it lets me hang out with my girlfriend more. And two, uh, play video games while hanging out with my girlfriend more. So I seem like a better and more attentive boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never really, uh, you know, with with few exceptions, like, I've never really played that many games on the TV. Like, I did back in, like, the Genesis times, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like... In the long, long ago. I don't know. The, the before time. But, like, the Wii U, I actually really... Enjoyed playing games on that, but, like, it was basically just, like, a Netflix machine, and then if I wanted to play games on it, I would just play games on the tablet while, like, I had something else on the TV. And then, like, the PlayStation, I pretty much just use as a Netflix machine, so... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've always just kind of gravitated more toward handheld games. Yeah. But... Like, a, a lot of the time, I would be watching, like, baseball or, like, sports, and then I'd have, yeah. like, a Nintendo DS, a Game Boy Advance, uh, you know, anything like that, just kind of chilling on the couch, watching the game, sort of, 
playing the game, yeah. sort of. Or uh, in my case, I'd be watching the the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour on ESPN Eight, the Ocho. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've never watched that, <laughs> but it sounds like something I would do. Um, I don't know that. That all being said, like I did start playing Horizon Zero Dawn again. Yay! Uh, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, it's a it's a very good game. I think somehow I skipped like the beginning scene because I remember like the first time I played it uh, where it shows Aloy as a baby and like the and like Ross takes her up and like gives her her name and all that shit. And I didn't see that when oh. I started the game. It it just basically started with her being like a child and falling into the the thing. You must have so kicked I don't know off if I accidentally game. skipped a cut scene. Yeah, or... you must have kicked it off and then your wife called you away to do something and you missed it. Or something. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's the best I got. Yeah. That's that's far more than enough banter. Uh, let's do a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Alright, well, um... Uh, I'll just cut in and do the thing. Uh, I'm drinking the same thing I had last week. It has IBUs and ABV. So, you know it has taste. Yeah. Mine also has ABVs and IBUs. Mm. I'm having a Land Grant Brewing uh, O'Shore IPA. Uh, I bought this because... It looks like something that Austin Powers would drink. Like it says "Oh sure" in like sort of a hippie font, and like the the lower arm on the R has like a glove giving a thumbs up on it, and then like all around that is like a rainbow faces. pattern. I don't know. Let me see what it says here. Modern take on a classic. Oh sure is uh, both the result of constant tinkering as well as the ethos. Of all we do at Land Grant, it is a hybrid of new school, juicy tropical flavors and more traditional American IPA craftsmanship, making for an approachable and balanced IPA. Uh-huh. Uh, just want to point out, they they apparently think that the phrase "making for an approachable and balanced IPA" is a sentence because it ends with a period and begins with a capital M. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I I still don't really. Uh, care too much for IPAs, I guess, but um, this one's not too bad. I just never really got into them. Um, but like another part of the reason that I bought it was because like I thought it was an Ohio joke because it's it's O like O H, and I was like ha ha, and then I was like fuck, I've been here too long. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Well, there it is. There it is. Uh, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right. So uh, sales of white slip-on vans are up 7,800% as people prepare Squid Game Halloween costumes. Popular show becomes uh, low-effort Halloween costume. It, it uh, fucking really does. does. It's, it's a green tracksuit <laughs> plus white vans <laughs> equals costume. Yeah, with a, a piece of tape and a number written on it. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah I'm not looking forward yeah, to this Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
you shouldn't fucking be going out for Halloween anyway. There's a global pandemic. Big true. That is still just ravaging Western society because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. I mean, it's not for lack of trying from leadership. They're like, hey, we're now enforcing a mandate. And then uh, companies are literally enforcing mandates like uh, uh, Kaiser Healthcare or Kaiser Permanent or something like that. Uh, they uh, They issued a mandatory vaccine mandate for their company and then uh 2000 people are now on like unpaid suspension because they refuse yeah. to get a vaccine. I was I was pretty impressed my company mandated vaccines. Yeah, I I don't know if my company has. I think they're just, I think they know their base and they know not to do such <laughs> a thing. Also, I think they uh employ a lot of people who are potentially less than legal. Uh-oh. You didn't hear me say that, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, as a Vans customer, I look forward to more Vans. Uh, but also, as a Vans customer, uh, be more original, guys. Wear the fucking uh, classics with the laces. I don't know. It's been a while since I've had a set of Vans. I used to get those all the time, but uh, I don't know. It's because you hit 35, and then... Uh, the world was like, you can't wear Vans anymore, and you went, okay. Meanwhile, I'll be 35 and still dressing like I'm on the Warp Tour 2007. Well, no, it's it's more just because, like, whenever I buy shoes, like, it's it's probably going to be some variation of, like, a Vans skate shoe, or, if not that, uh, Converse All-Stars. Sure. Which, like, I have a, a pair of red Converse All-Stars right now that I really like, and, like, I don't think there's ever a situation where I'd rather be wearing my Vans than my Converse All-Stars, so that's just, that's just how it be now, I guess. Uh, it's true. It's, it's my style, and I'm sticking to it. And it's like me. I, I have my style. Uh, I I do wear I, like I used to wear the Vans slip-ons, except they weren't like the white or like the solid color. They were always the checkerboard pattern. I think that's always been like the best look. But then yeah. I felt like I was forgetting how to tie my shoes, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was gonna be like SpongeBob, and then be like, "Can you help me tie my shoes?" <laughs> <laughs> I always get the Chuck Taylor high tops. So yeah. Uh, Hope you're all ready to have fun with your very unoriginal costumes. Just be three-hole punch whoever you are. It's a better mm -hmm. costume. All right, uh, well, speaking of Squid Game, uh, one of our main review topics for the week, uh, according to some Korean-speaking viewers, uh, the, sub the English subtitles for the Squid Game aren't it. Yeah, probably not. I get that, like... This is probably the first big popular Korean show for people, but like, this is the standard. Like, uh, I'm sure the the fucking subtitles for Lupin weren't great either. I'm sure the subtitles for Money Heist aren't great either. Also, uh, which this is buried because uh, journalism doesn't exist. Uh, this is only on like the English closed caption um, subtitles. So like, if you watch this on like with, like, just original, like, it says, like, English with subtitles. The subtitles are fine, apparently. But it's just, like, the English with closed caption. Uh, and the reason they do, like, they're more simplified for English with closed caption is so they can provide context for how the person is speaking because the closed caption is for deaf and those of hard of hearing. So, like, 
You right. don't know if somebody's fucking whispering, yelling, anything like that. So they can only have shit on the screen for so long until uh, they have to remove it off the screen to get a new thing on the screen to continue the show moving. So, yeah, it's not going to be completely exactly 100 percent right, but they 90 percent get the fucking gist. Mm hmm. That's true. It's not Korean language erasure. It's literally the fact that there are people who want to watch shit, but also aren't the best of hearing. Uh, like my girlfriend. So, you know, stop being elitist, being like, oh, Netflix is trash because they don't fucking do subtitles right. They don't do a lot of things right. Subtitles is not their fault. Yeah. I don't know. It amazes me the things that people complain about. Uh, next up, uh, I guess I'll jump on the grenade. Uh, Dave Chappelle apparently is extremely transphobic in his new special, so much so that the showrunner for Dear White People will never work with Netflix again. Uh, then all the, the Twitter, uh, fucking social justice brigade found out that the showrunner for Dear White People is a white person, uh, and now they don't know what to make of it. Yep. Uh, this, but. this was a fucking trek. Wait, if you followed <laughs> what was going on, because the, the creator or like the showrunner for Dear White People released a statement being like, hey, you know, Dear White People is great. I loved working on Dear White People. Uh, they are a trans woman. Uh, I don't know her name uh, for some reason. I didn't take note of it. But uh, she was like, hey, uh, I, I love my journey on Dear White People, but I will never work with Netflix again. Uh, meanwhile, she's already started a new show for uh, NBC. So. It already looks like she's never working for Netflix again, so that's a bold pro proclamation to say yeah. such a thing. But then everyone was like, wait, the showrunner's white? That explains everything. So, like, it was, it, like, people were fucking going through it on the internet about this whole situation. Like, even there was even one person who was like, wait, some white woman is complaining about black people, but she also showruns a show called Dear White People, uh, starring like, like like black people and talking about black issues. What is fucking going on? Yeah. So yeah, uh, it it's a story. I have not watched the Dave Chappelle comedy special. Have you? Uh, I have not yet. He talks about you know trans stuff in his like last special. Dave's never really been shy about saying that he thinks that like transgender jokes are funny mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like he's doing it just to be mean and like hate on them he just like recognizes that it's a, a topical issue and is poking fun at it like you you can ex i'm not like i'm not sticking up for him sure because like obviously he's like dancing on landmines you know no matter how he goes about that right especially right. given like the current political climate but like you can accept it or you cannot like I, I don't think dave Chappelle's going to change from doing that and oh, i don't think yeah. he's going to apologize for doing that i mean he lauds being canceled because he apparently he got standing out at the end of his uh his his special, which of course he did. Uh, I mean, if anybody thinks that he's not like the audience isn't getting direction, like, hey, come be on Dave Chappelle's special, give him a standing ovation. Uh, you're insane. He apparently says during that, well, if this is what being canceled feels like, I love being canceled. So like, he <laughs> he does not give a shit. Like he has too much money to give a shit. I mean, we'll no, talk about such I mean, a thing, but 
people okay here's the people who care about being canceled d-list celebrities youtubers that's the end of the list because those are the people that being canceled can actually affect for everyone else it's free publicity for everyone else there's mastercard Uh, also uh that sounds like a, a flat circle Remember when they had uh, Ninja on Dick Hope's Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest? I didn't understand oh, most Dick of Clark. those words. Dick Clark, that's it. But... Not Dick Hope. Dick. I, I confused <laughs> Bob Hope and Dick Clark together. It's Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest, and uh, Ninja was on there, and he tried to get the crowd to floss, and it was the worst moment in human history. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, man. Uh, I, apparently, contextually, what he says makes more sense. But, like, of course, everyone takes it out of context and puts it on face value. And it's like, well, yeah, out of context, everything he says is shitty. But does the in-context stuff work? I don't know. I haven't watched a Dave Chappelle special since, like, his third one came out. And I felt like there was diminishing returns already on the Dave Chappelle-ness. Like, I feel like Netflix is oversaturating us with Dave Chappelle, and we don't really need that, unfortunately. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to watch this anyway. Uh, I I might sometime if I give a shit. I don't know. I watched the last ones. I, I know what it's about. You know, I wasn't, like, jonesing for another one. If I watch it, I'll watch it, and if I don't, I'll continue with my life. Right. All right, uh, our final story comes from a very uh, known source to this this show. Uh, it's what's on Netflix. But the other thing is, it's my story. That's right. I wrote a fucking story, everybody. Uh, it's basically what? about uh, Netflix's foray into their gaming is, venture shit. Is that why you weren't uh, doing our other podcast this week? That is actually why I was not doing our other podcast this week. I worked on this on Wednesday. Uh, I spent four, like four or five hours researching everything. Man. So basically, it goes through uh, Netflix acquiring. I can write. Uh, I'm journalist. <laughs> I'm journalist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it basically goes through Netflix's um, purchase of Night School Studio, which we talked about a few weeks ago, and like how like potential potential moves and uh, how Netflix is moving into. Uh, the gaming space going forward. I mean, they hired Mike Verdu, who has mostly experience with uh, mobile games. So if whenever, if and whenever uh, that shit moves over to the United States, uh, look for mainly mobile games to be on their their on the platform. And then um, I talk about you know their uh, their different IP that they they have licensed out that are probably going to come to the service, and then also uh, potential acquisition targets. Nice. Well, good for you, man. You're now you're a published author. Uh, it's true. Uh, also, shout out to Julio because uh, Julio edited me because uh, he did his he had his uh, stint at Film Daily. I'm like, hey, Julio, you know how you know how to get the crowd really going. How how am I doing? And he's like, you're too redundant and you don't use italics. <laughs> and I went, that hurts, but that's fair. So uh, I will include the link in the show notes. Uh, go check it out. Give me give me some love for doing uh, minuscule amounts of research. Man, I can't wait till 
somebody asks me to write an article about why chromatic star is ruining popper <laughs> you're for just, a fucking magic the gathering you're just, website you're just mad that i keep playing <laughs> chromatic star uh shit nah it's fine um it's not even that strong it's not uh well now that that's over let's get into some downstream where we talk about trailers baby i can't control the internet First up is a trailer for Tick Tick Boom. Uh, Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award winner Lynn manuel Miranda. Oh, now I see why you put this on here for me. Thank you. Lynn manuel Miranda makes his feature directorial debut with Tick Tick Boom, an adaptation of the autobiographical musical by John Larson, uh, who revolutionized theater as the creator of Rent. The film follows John, Academy... Uh, played by Academy Award nominee and Tony Award winner Andrew Garfield, uh, who only eats lasagna and doesn't work on Mondays, uh, a young theater composer who's waiting tables at a New York City diner in 1990 while writing what he hopes will be the next great American musical. Days before he's due to showcase his work in a make-or-break performance, John is feeling the pressure from everywhere. From his girlfriend Susan, who dreams of an artistic life beyond New York City, from his friend Michael, who has moved on from his dream to a life of financial security amidst an artistic community being ravaged by the AIDS epidemic. With the clock ticking, John is at a crossroads and faces a question everyone must reckon with. What are we meant to do with the time we have? Uh, what did you think of this, Dan? Uh, it's Andrew Garfield doing a thing, so I'm already yeah. excited about that. It's Spider-Man. Yeah. It's One simple. of the Spider-Men. And then that other Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And all the other Spider-Men. And I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. And it's the Hamilton boy. I don't know. Uh, I've never seen Rent. I actually haven't either. I understand its cultural significance, but I, I have never seen it. I, so. I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I just go, ugh. This looks awful. And then I move on with my life. So I did see the uh, parody of it called Lease from War- Team America World Police, uh, where they're singing about how everyone has AIDS. I mean, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I know what rent is about. Uh, it's about people who are too poor uh, and therefore can't afford the rent. And then uh, also one of them has AIDS. Uh, like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Funny guy, what a stitch. This guy's funny in everything. I have AIDS. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's is that fun- from Family Guy? That is from Family Guy. Back when Family yeah. Guy was uh, pretty hysterical. <laughs> When's Family Guy gonna get cancelled? I mean, not the... Not, like, on Twitter, I just mean, like, the show. Oh, the show? Uh, when animation domination <laughs> stops being a legitimate thing, because uh, now the new thing is Bob's Burgers. I think they're on season 12, or something like well, that. now they have a movie. Yeah, and now they have a movie. Did Family Guy ever have a movie? Like, a theatrical oh movie? <laughs> I think they had a video game. I know they had a video game, but I'm thinking, like, did they ever have a theatrical movie? Because, like, <laughs> The Simpsons has had a movie, and so ha- now so will Bob's Burgers. So where's the Family Guy movie? I don't know. Uh, who gives a shit <laughs> well that is the correct answer but it's it's now like if you're seth MacFarlane, uh who is off uh, printing to, money to quote the family guy 
Oh my God, who the hell cares? Uh, people on Twitter. People on Twitter really care. Yeah. Uh, well, they're <laughs> really making the world a better place. Uh, our next trailer is for Hypnotic, uh, a, a horror thriller movie that perpetuates the myth that hypnotists can make people do things and control their minds. Uh, a young woman seeking self-improvement enlists the help of a renowned hypnotist, but after a handful of intense sessions, she soon discovers unexpected and deadly consequences. Uh, feeling stuck both personally and professionally, Jen turns to a mysterious hypnotherapist for help, uh, only to find herself caught in a deadly mind game. This looks like ass, and I shan't be talking about it anymore. If oh. you have anything to say, do so now. Uh, I will. Uh, this... The most notable part about this is it's Katie Siegel, who is Mike Flanagan's wife, uh, and it's a non-Mike Flanagan project. I didn't know she did those. Hmm. That's it. I have nothing good to say. Okay. Next trailer is for The Unlikely Murderer, Innocent Witness, or Potential Suspect. Uh, this series dramatizes how a man claiming to be a witness at the assassination of Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palme... Uh, may have gotten away with murder. Dan, what are your thoughts? I'm unlikely to watch this. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, there's any number of American murders that uh, are far more of a direct concern to me that I can be watching, I guess. Not that it's not an, an important story to tell, but right. it's just not really not really aimed at me. Uh, that's true. Oh, man. Um, I don't care. Whatever. I, look, guys, there was nine trailers this week, and these are the five best ones. Okay? These are the five best trailers <laughs> of the nine. Yeah. Uh, speak, <laughs> speaking of the best of the batch, uh, the next trailer is for Sex, Love, and Goop. Uh, Move over, love language. Uh, my love language is English. If you if you don't tell me what you want, you're never gonna get it. No, Caleb. The French is the language of love. Omelette du fromage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Move over, love language. What's your erotic blueprint? <laughs> uh, you <laughs> touch the penis. You uh, jiggle you know, jiggle the balls down. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Get in there, maybe a, maybe a finger up the ass every now and then, yep. and uh, boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Uh, sex, love, and goop follows courageous real couples as they work with sex experts to explore their bodies and learn methods to enhance their relationships. Through deeper intimacy and an open mind, each couple experiences pleasure, sex, and intimacy differently. From the minds behind Goop, the series explores how sex and intimacy shows up differently, and there's more to pleasure than you think. Uh, courageous couple. They're so courageous and brave. They're so brave. Uh, they journey toward a more pleasurable sex. And deeper intimacy with help from Gwyneth Paltrow and a team of experts in this reality series. Uh, Dan, there's a part of this where a, a guy makes a girl come by, like, manipulating her chakras from, like, six inches away. Uh, which is totally real, and she wasn't faking it. 
<laughs> All this show is is teaching women how to fake an orgasm. Yeah. I I, I sometimes stop. faking it's the best you can do for your partner. It's it's true. Not that I would ever do that. How would you fake it? How do guys fake it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you can't fake like the mess, <laughs> but you can fake, you know, the the seizure. <laughs> In the noises. That, that's true. You can do those things. <laughs> so what do you do? You just you just have like a little bottle like next to the bed and you just like throw it on her real quick. You're just like, ah and then just, fucking just you know, chuck it pull on her. Out, spit on her back and slap her ass and say good job. Yeah. Uh uh that's more than I need to know about how you have sex. Uh I thought we were done with goop forever, and unfortunately here we go. There's more. Uh it's still funny. <laughs> Uh, also, Gwyneth Paltrow is a charlatan. Don't, don't give your money to her pyramid scheme. Snake oil salesman Gwyneth Paltrow continues to fleece Netflix uh, of money. I don't know. I'm sure that she's earning them money. You think so? I'm sure. I don't know. Like, from the, from the couples that they have in this trailer... I'm just like, oh, I can I can see why you're having problems getting it on. Because you have to pull out the fucking <laughs> the fucking Wolverine claws to rake your partner's back. <laughs> they literally have like a sex toy that is three knives that you hold in your fist like Wolverine. That is true. You scrape people with it. And they literally call it Wolverine claws. Uh, which I think is like, you know, potential copyright infringement. So. Potentially. Uh, it's definitely defamation of character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, Wolverine himself would be like, yeah, I'm cool with you guys using my shit for sex. Yeah. Uh, I think if I had the choice between a, a sexless life and getting help with my sex life from Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, I would probably choose the former. Uh, I'd like to introduce the third option. Just kill myself. Just, just jack it. Nobody knows how I like it uh, more than I do. Yeah, it's true. I, <laughs> I continue to find myself irresistible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the mood has uh, struck me. Jack, just jack it. <laughs> Right, I'm uh, bored. Just jack it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got three minutes before I have to leave. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can hammer one out real fast. Uh, next up is a trailer for Love Hard. Uh, another <laughs> another dating advice show. No, not really. Uh, this is a romantic comedy about the lies we tell for love. An unlucky in love L.A. girl falls for a rugged East Coast guy on a dating app and decides to surprise him for the holidays, only to discover that she's been catfished by his childhood friend. This is like any other rom-com that involves online dating. Uh, she thinks she's going to go for the hot guy. She's going to fall for the for the guy that she actually was talking to, despite the fact that he lied. Yep. Also, like, why can't 
she find like why is she such a sad loser that she has to go across the entire continent to get a boyfriend because she lives in Los Angeles and she goes to New York to to find the boyfriend. Why? Um, it's implied that it's I'm no Tinder. expert, but I think that there's like, you know, several million people in Los Angeles. Yeah, so. yeah that sounds right. Look, uh, it's implied that it's Tinder because it's on a phone. Uh, why is she matching with this man? Is she, did she literally set up her preferences to be any man in the country? Is that what I'm understanding? Any, any man, just any man. I'm I'm done with it. Just give me anybody. It's Nina Dobrev. Th- this is impossible. This is not fucking happening. Uh, I'm sorry, movie. <laughs> I can't. That's something I can't buy. Your 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 cost to buy into your topic is uh, Nina Dobrev is considered unattractive to people. I I will never be able to buy into any premise that has like the hot person unable to find a date, unable to form a functioning relationship. I can believe that. Yes, because maybe you know you just have some shit that you need to work through in order to form a functioning relationship, but like. Unable to find a date full stop. Uh, I, I don't believe you. Uh, kicks feet up on desk and lights a cigarette. Uh, that's true. And then you had ribs for lunch. And then we're still live. <laughs> You're on the air. Uh, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Speaking of go fucking ourselves, it's time to move into another segment called uh, Quick Hits. <laughs> I watched UB Halloween because I'm a jackass and I hate myself. That's true. Although I will say this, it's on Ashley's Halloween list for us to watch still. So uh, we're probably also going to watch it. Yeah. I, um, as, as you know, like I quote Billy Madison, like every 35 seconds, roughly. Yes. Um, so I was at work and I was like, hey, hey, honey, like we should watch Billy Madison tonight because it's actually been like. You know, six or seven years since I've seen it. She's like, yeah, it sounds cool. Uh, then, like, I look through every streaming service that I can think of, and it's nowhere. Uh, and I was like, well, you know what they do have is Hubie Halloween. <laughs> how are you, and, how uh, are you not divorced? <laughs> I don't know. We scrolled past it on Netflix, and we kind of just looked at each other, and we were both like, eh? Sure. Oh, the movie's still fine. It's, it's whatever. It's got its funny parts. It's a lot better than most of the things that Adam Sandler does. Uh, it's true. Uh, this is like I, I would argue his best uh Netflix movie that he's done. Uh, I, I the joke of people throwing shit at him on the bike and him definitely dodging them is hilarious to me. Uh, and also the part where he projectile vomits is very funny. I don't know, man. I, for whatever reason, this movie hit, uh, and I didn't hate it as much as everybody else in the universe did. So, uh, good for you, everybody else in the universe. Maybe you don't have something wrong with you. Yeah. I don't know. I still think that my favorite gag in the movie is like, uh, his mom's like goodwill t-shirts that say offensive things that she doesn't understand. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
So, uh, what did you watch? Uh, well, I watched a new horror movie on Netflix called uh, No One Gets Out Alive. This is uh, basically a, a movie where uh, a, an immigrant woman who's undocumented uh, comes to America, uh, was in Texas for a while, and then moves to Cleveland for some godforsaken reason, and then uh, finds herself in like a women's boarding house, which says specifically, only women, no men. Uh, and that should have been her first sign that everything is wrong here. Uh, but she needs a cheap place to stay, so she stays there, uh, and then weird shit starts happening. Uh, all, all the meanwhile, she's trying to get, like, uh, this fake ID in order for her to get this other job that will pay her more, because uh, she currently is employed by some dude who uh, employs a lot of illegal immigrants, um, and her one friend from there knows, like, some guy who will do it. So she's like, okay uh cool and then the friend's like awesome i can get it done for you like as soon as possible uh you just have to give me some money first and she's like here's here's some money and then her friend disappears forever with all of her money because of course she does uh then the movie kind of meanders for about 40 minutes until it gets to the fucking point which is that uh spoilers for this movie uh they this two these two white dudes uh have been sacrificing women uh, to this fucking god thing that they found that their dad found Jesus in the jungle Christ. or something. Uh, it's a weird thing. It's not that great. It like it's it's a meh. Like it's just kind of like I said. It just kind of meanders. It doesn't really do anything. It it just it just I just I, I just didn't like it. So uh, it's like a two and a half. Like it, it was interesting enough, but like. Also, I was just like, uh, I just wish Metroid Dread had come out already so I could be playing this uh, as I watch this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. All right. Well, since that's it, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we will get into our main review segment where we will talk about There's Someone in Your House and Squid Game. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerdrovert Jason, Sam, the Hurley boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into one of our main review topics for the week. There's somebody in your house. There's someone inside your house is a 
brand new horror mystery thriller film from Netflix. It's a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which seems about right. The graduating oh. class at Osborne High is being targeted by a masked assailant intent on exposing the darkest secret of each victim, and only a group of misfit outsiders can stop the killings. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here to set the pace, I guess, but uh, this is note for note, like exactly what uh, a high school slasher movie is. Uh, they checked all the boxes and it just feels like any other movie. I'll say this to set the the converse tone uh i thought the first 20 minutes was actually spectacular and i'm like oh my god we have an instant horror classic on our <laughs> like in our hands here and then it just completely lost the, uh, all momentum yeah yeah um i don't know the masks thing is a an interesting idea yes i just i don't know by the end of it i just kind of felt like i didn't give a shit right but like it's a poor town and like the masks things feels like such an expensive thing that it's like well this has to that be you, the that one you can person. tell who it is because of you know who's going to have the resources to do this right and i'm like I, I knew who it was and i'm like i don't even feel good about knowing this because it feels so obvious because it has to be this guy because it can't be anybody else yeah like, a kid gets murdered and a guy sings a fucking dirge about corn at his high school. It's like, what is this? I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, I thought, like, the first 20 minutes was great. Like, it was a lot of great satirical shit. Uh, like, just kind of making fun of kids for being stupid. Like, it, it was kind of, like, sort of boomery, but not really. I, uh, I, I enjoyed it for, like, like I said, like, until the uh, fucking uh, alt-right bitch got murdered. It was like, okay, I'm having a lot of fun. These kills are gruesome. And then it spends, what, 40 minutes meandering with, like, this plot of these characters. It's like, hey, guys, yeah. there's some shit happening between them that's personal. And then, uh, we like, and then finally somebody else gets murdered, and you're like, oh, my God, fucking finally. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, whoever this was, a uh, good start. Just, you know, trim, trim better. Be smarter, you know, don't, don't, don't kill. Like, it felt like one of those B movies where it's like, hey, we got to set up the plot. So, you know, we're going to kill a couple people at the beginning and then do nothing for about 40 to 50 minutes and then like not go balls to the wall either. We're just going to just, you know, make a movie and uh, see where it goes. It's all improvised. It's very funny. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed uh, the fucking brutal double heel cut. Uh, that was, into uh, like chest stabs for that first kill. Yeah, that uh, it the rest of the movie is like a massive letdown after that because it really builds a good sense of paranoia. Because he comes home, there's like no one there, and there's just like a fucking kitchen timer on the counter that's ticking down, and he just like looks at it like, "What the fuck?" Uh, because there's no one else there. Right. And he just kind of brushes it off, goes to sleep. Uh, and when he wakes up, like, his phone, which he set his alarms on, is not on his nightstand, but the kitchen timer is. It's like, oh, fuck. Uh, and then, like, that whole thing happens. You kind of get the the premise of the movie. Uh, and then, like you said, there's a fucking uh, teenage white supremacist who gets fucking murdered in church. Uh, which is, like... 
that know. that was chef's kiss and then ha- her being ha- hashtag justice boner yeah and then like her getting strung up like uh you know a, a lynching was kind of just like oh my god this is so deliciously over the top and and stupid yeah, and i'm so, here for so it so gruesome yeah but uh yeah after that it just kind of doesn't do anything yep there's a lot of characters who like are kind of there and people kind of talk to him and then like after the first two uh like i don't feel like the killer has a good reason for killing anybody thank you like uh, it's like the one the one kid got murdered because he had a drug problem yep which isn't like a bad thing he did it's just like a problem that he has right he he stole like his not... mom's pain kills that's about it yeah or painkillers not pain kills but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I don't think that he should be murdered for that. I don't either. But, like, Ashley brought up the point that, like, you gotta, you know, be against this killer at some point. Because, like, yeah, you're against the, the guy who beat the shit out of the, the kid at the football hazing. You're happy the girl who's a white supremacist got murdered. So, like, they have to do something in order for you to be like, oh, I'm not on this guy's side anymore. Otherwise, you're just siding with the killer. Yeah, because, like, after those two... It's like his M.O. completely changes and he's just like, I'm going to go stab some minorities (laughs) so that you won't like me anymore as a character. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, Imagine you're in a room. No, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, Yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the ending. This is what you always do. You always spoil stuff Uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because then, like... Because then, even... Because he kills the Hispanic kid, then, like... Then goes after the main character. Yeah, he he stabs the the gay kid, the Hawaiian kid. Uh, I thought I she was know. like half black, half Chinese, but regardless, uh, it doesn't matter because she came from uh, oh, the main character. Yeah, yeah. It said uh, it said she came from Hawaii. And, like she... people made fun of her and called her Moana and shit. Yeah. So I figured she was like Pacific Islander well, slash uh, Hawaiian she, or whatever. She came from uh, Kamehameha. Which uh, the inner Dragon Ball Z nerd and me just went, oh my fucking god, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the cops like come came Hema, and I'm just like, and she's just like, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> I don't know. And then there's me who's like, bitch, it's the command mail wave. You learned that from Master <laughs> Roshi. Uh yeah, and then and then like, yeah, it's it's the only person that could fucking be. Based off of everything else you've seen through the through the entire yeah. thing, it, it it's just a letdown. The the one who has access to uh, authentic Nazi bayonets, yeah, and he turns them all into bongs because he's being fun and quirky with his uh, yeah. one point. Cause, who cause gives his dad a fuck? Has a GPA. Nazi collection. Yeah, I mean, I like it the felt, fuck. It felt like he hated his dad, so he just invented reasons to like make it not seem like he was a serial killer, so he just went and killed a bunch of other people and then just went to kill his dad. Yeah. What a weird movie. What a weird story. Yeah. Uh, what would you rate this? It's probably... Look, for the like the, the gore in the first 20 minutes, uh, I was like, oh yeah, this is a really great movie. And then the rest of it was like, what are you doing? I'm gonna go with like a three. 
Like, I know, I know you're going to be like, that's about right with a 4.8. So you're probably like a two and a half, but like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in that range, man. Yeah. I don't know. I was honestly just going to say two, just cause some of this shit at the end is just like so dumb. Yeah. But like, I don't regret watching this movie. It was a fun, you know, little one-off movie to watch during the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an hour and a half long, which is exactly how long it should be. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't hate my time with it. Uh, I'm just never yeah. going to revisit it, is what it comes down to. Cool idea. Uh, subpar execution. I don't know. For for a little while there, I was getting real worried that, like, um, they were either going to kill the trans kid or have the trans kid be the killer. Uh, both of which, you know, not great optics. But then, like, they ended up just not putting that character in danger at all, ever. So. The only time uh, they were in danger was when they were in the car uh, and driving through the burning when corn. When everybody was in danger. When yeah. everyone was in danger. So I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, guys, why is no one talking about this movie? And then when I finished the movie, I just went, oh, that's why. That's exactly why. Like, I even saw the IMDb score of 4.8. I'm like, I can't believe this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can see it now. Yeah. All right. And, uh, now it's the the time for the moment you fuckers have all been waiting for. It's our review of Squid Game. This is the number one most popular thing on IMDb right now. It's the only time I've ever seen something on popular the popularity meter on IMDb that says one. So uh, that's cool. Uh, and it's an 8.3 out of 10. Uh, this is an action-adventure drama series. Hundreds of cash-strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games. Inside, a tempting prize awaits with deadly high stakes, a survival game that has a whopping 45.6 billion won prize at stake. Uh, and I forget what we said the exchange rate is About for that. About $40 million, dollars a, US. a lot of money. So, like, a nickel pound sterling, uh, a penny euro, because yeah. those are both better currencies than the U.S. dollar. But also, that's like a billion trillion uh, Canadian dollars, because that's not a real currency. <laughs> it's a monopoly money. Um, I'm, I'm going to lead the way again here. Um, I like it, but I don't know why everybody's losing their fucking minds over this. It It's... It's pretty good, but I don't get the hype. Uh, I'll agree with you on the I don't get the hype. Uh, I think this is fine. And it mainly comes down to the fact that the commentary is a commentary we have seen uh, many times over the years, uh, the, the more recent years, which is basically like, you know, you have the ultra rich who give up like what is considered a pittance to them to watch us fight over it. Uh, and behave yeah. like animals in order to secure such a, a small pittance to them. Yeah, and for some reason, beside, like, you know, th like, obviously there's people in power in this situation, but, like, there's, like, eight guards and 456 players, and they don't just fucking kill them. Yeah, uh, it happens. But, like, I watched this what, man. What I'm saying is, eat the rich. Eat the rich. So, like, I get it. I get the social commentary. I understand that. 
but I've seen it way too much, especially recently. Like, and it it per, it's pervasive into actual culture, and not even just through like social commentary of media. That I'm just like, okay, guys, I understand. Like, the rich yeah. fucking suck. <laughs> okay, I'm done. And especially because like it feels kind of disingenuous coming from Netflix, a multi-billion-dollar global corporation. Well, right, and that's the thing is like, whenever media itself is attacking you know uh capitalism or anything relating to financial like money or anything like finances in any way shape or form it's like well this costs you know tens of millions of dollars to even make you're making tens of millions of dollars depending on how well it does like how 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 much should i believe you (laughs) it's like uh show says we should change society somewhat. And then fucking Reed Hastings pops out of a fucking manhole cover and says, yes, but you participate in society. Hmm. Interesting. I am very smart. <laughs> so like, I don't like it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I have like having your cake and, while eating it too, which uh, for those of you who are uh, uneducated enough to not understand what that means, like ha- it means physically having your cake while also eating it. So, like, let's pretend you eat a piece of cake, and you're also like, but I had that piece of cake also here. That's what that's what it's talking about. Not, like, you technically, yes, you are having your pa- your cake while eating it, but that's that's what the metaphor means. Yeah. As, as Patrick learned, if you eat your chocolate quickly, uh, instead of saving it for when you really need it, then you don't have it anymore. But I'm and then gonna you'll starve. SpongeBob's chocolate. Uh man. Uh good 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 preference. Uh also my other big problem with the the show like is like I don't disagree with a lot of people saying like it's really well made. Uh it probably it, I think it also has like that right amount of quirk in this is, this is also me like trying to determine like why people love this. But like it's it's well made. There's the correct amount of quirk in order for it to like appear unique enough even though uh the children's yeah. game shit is was already done earlier like this year with Alice in Borderland. Uh, which is why this drew the direct comparison to Alice in Borderland. Uh, but the thing that it's, I uh, cannot agree with with anybody is that the main character is a good character because the main character fucking sucks. He has good moments, but eh, yeah, I don't know. I really wish that the girl would have been the main character. I also agree with that because she's at least likable. Like him, I, at no point do I ever feel like, oh, I'm really rooting for Giyun. Like it's never happening. Like I'm just like, oh, this guy's just here, and I'm watching the the yeah. show happen through him, and that's it. I don't have much else to say, non spoiler wise, though. Like because everything else, the other problems I have with the show come from the spoiler, the spoilery stuff. But like, yeah, yeah, I do not like Gihun in any facet. The, uh, I like the show's aesthetic. Yeah, like I really like. You know, everything's bright and colorful during the games when people are getting fucking murdered. Uh, and then, like, in the the in-between times when they're, like, reflecting on it, it has, like, a very dark and drab and dreary aesthetic. It's it's very clever visual storytelling. Yep. 100% agree. But, like, the, the, the two, my two major problems are they want me to invest myself in this character that I don't feel any investment towards because I don't like him. And 
the social commentary is so tired. And Ashley brought this up, too, because she's a smart person. And uh, I might edit that out because I don't want her hearing that and getting an ego of any kind. But, uh, I mean, the writer wrote this 10 years ago. So, you know, 10 years ago, this probably, like, the whole commentary would have felt fresh and interesting. And now, it, for me, it feels tired. For everybody else, it feels like, oh, what a cool take on, on this commentary. I still don't think they explained why the game is the way it is that well, even though they shoehorned in a bunch of 11th hour shit yep. for it. Um, one thing that I was really expecting that, like, they didn't really go into, but, like, they kind of uh, hint in later show that, like, some people who had gotten out of the game now work as part of the game. And I was really expecting that, like, you know, by the end of it, like the the overall theme of the show was going to be like after going through this traumatic experience, people are just like too jaded to go back to normal life. Sure. And like the game is the the like. They've proved the point that like the game is more fair than normal society so that people will choose to stay and be a part of the game. Like, I thought that that was going to be the ultimate theme. And then they just have whatever the fuck that was at the end. Yep. Instead. Yeah, I don't I don't get that final. But that final episode, I think, is uh, very bad. But we'll talk about the hair and spoilers. <laughs> the final episode is fucking awful. <laughs> uh, there's two episodes that I think are very bad, but we'll talk about that here in spoilers. Uh, uh, what would you give it? It's like a three. Yeah, it's a three. I can't wait for us to be so unpopular for saying it. I mean, but but we're right. I feel like we're right. Like I I just don't get it, man. Like I don't I don't want like I don't want to come across as a contrarian and being like, "Oh, the high like this was too hyped up. Uh, it couldn't possibly meet the expectations of everybody." But it's like I don't know what everyone else's expectations are based off of this, because this doesn't like this. What what I saw on paper doesn't match with what everyone's saying about it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't find it particularly groundbreaking or um, like I said, it's it's good. It's well executed. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't dislike it at all. I just don't get why it's the the hugest thing in the world exactly uh, i mean what i said was and everyone uh, uh assumed i was saying oh it sucks uh was i just said so that's the show everyone thinks is incredible huh like i i, I don't i don't i just i'm never going to understand i'm glad you all enjoy it uh, and i hope this opens a gateway for other eastern content like Go right. watch more I'm, Korean and Japanese shit, please. I'm not I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. I'm just saying I don't get it. Like I don't get why it's why this is the big thing. Right. Now that said, when we go into market when I market the show, it's it's going to be literally titled Squid Game Colon something. And then, you know, that's gonna be how we how I game the SOE into yeah. everyone wanting to learn more about our opinion on it. Yeah. It's going to be called. It's a squid game. It's a kid's game. Cause it's the Splatoon reference. I'm fine with it. 
I was expecting, honestly, I was expecting more uh, Splatoon references in non-spoilers. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite game was that they did in the show was when they did the turf war and had to ink each other's turf. And the the team that covered more of the map in their color ink was the winner. I don't know if anybody who listens to the show has ever played Splatoon, but that's basically the game. Sounds like it. All right, let's get into spoilers and talk about uh, some episodes uh, that we don't like. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, no, I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. I want to start with episode seven. I think episode seven's really bad. Uh, for one reason and one reason only, the fucking VIPs that they bring in are terrible actors. They are so yeah, bad. And they're they're supposed to be these people that like. Uh, they're so extravagantly wealthy that they just like see people as a commodity. So like the one is going to like. Uh, he's like this fucking gross corpulent massive wriggling flesh that uh <laughs> like he's basically gonna like uh like rape one of the dudes that works there mm-hmm. uh and then like whenever he pulls out a gun it's like hey fuck you i'm a cop tell me all about this shit uh he's like so taken aback because he's like how how could how could like a simple commoner challenge me. <laughs> How could anybody ever get one over on me, a big fat white dude? <laughs> oh no, guns, my only weakness. <laughs> Did you know that my only bullet, my only weakness was the great equalizer bullets? And, and like, yeah, like you just said, like the great equalizer is bullets. So, like, what is the com? Like, is the commentary to that just be like, hey, just fucking shoot people? Eat the rich. And I mean, fine, but also, if, like, yeah. ooh. Just kill every wealthy person. <laughs> Don't actually, though. I'm not uh, I'm not advocating murder. I'm just saying that, like, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Right. So, yeah, that episode, like, I, I generally enjoyed the uh, the game itself, but like them cutting back to the fucking yeah. oh the the bridge the game is probably my favorite one, right? And I know people are like, oh fucking marbles, it literally just happened, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, guys, but also like, no, uh, oh somersault jump, yeah, like I don't know, man. Uh, the the bridge game is interesting because like if you're like they're right. Like the if you look at it, like the way the way that it was yeah. played was like, hey, you know, you you want to be at the middle, but also being at the middle kind of sucks. Like every position sucks because there's a problem with it. Like, well, like if you're at the, the front, the middle you'll becomes lose. the front right. after a certain amount of time. But like, um, like that that episode they did their heaviest lifting in terms of like playing with how probability and human psychology intersect. Right. And then, you know, 
so so there's that and then of course our, our main three are at the end and you're like oh, okay interesting i mean you said uh well and, and i've cut this out but like you know gihun wins and then uh some someone what is his name i'm very bad with the, uh what's that Song Wu. Song Wu. Uh, I'm very bad with uh, Eastern names, but uh, yeah, like you said that Song, you knew Song Wu would be the bad guy, and I just went, that's something I never would have thought originally, but it, I guess it does make well, sense. like, from, because there's also, like, uh, you know, there's a rule built into the game where, like, and they do this in episode two, where they're like, if, uh, if it, a majority of the players want the game to end. The game will end. Uh, so they actually get out and like go about their, you know, day to day lives for a bit. And then they're like, yeah, it still sucks out here. Let's all go back to the game. And most of them just go back to the game. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how the fucking 20 people that didn't go back are doing with their lives. Yeah, right. But like. When it showed how fucking desperate Sung Woo was, I was like, oh, like, he's going to end up murdering everybody and, and turning on them. Like, he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah, for whatever reason, that never clicked with me. I just was like, oh, like, he's going to be a decent guy. But then, like, you know, we get episode six, which is a lot of people's favorite episode. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, it, it sets up a lot of character growth for the final three episodes but also like i don't think it's as immaculate as everyone thinks it is but you know when when song Wu like completely loses uh his marbles uh double entendre in, intended there uh mm -hmm. you know he, he he comes up with a solution to fucking get out of it and fleece a, a man that who had been extremely friendly to him who had been his friend throughout the entire process uh, in order to you know Solve the, yeah. the equation of getting out of his money problems. Yeah. Uh, hashtag justice for Ali. Hashtag justice for Ali. But also, like, I guess it's another thing where, like, it, he's the man who tasted, you, you know, that 1% life that the, the people who are running the game live. And he's like, okay, I want to get back to that because that is the life I am meant for. And fuck these commoners. So, I guess from that kind of an aspect, it makes sense. Yeah. Also, uh, if you if you think we didn't understand the show, this isn't fucking Donnie Darko where no one understands it and everyone just pretends they have a level of understanding <laughs> of the thing. Uh, no, we. I think I, we both understood. I it understand perfectly. Donnie Darko. I just I, don't think it's I, as clever as people think I, it is. Don't worry, I do too, and I feel the same way. Uh, but uh, regardless, the point the point being is this. We get the show. We don't hate it because we don't get it. We hate it because we get it too much. Yeah. I wouldn't even say I hate it. I just okay. don't right. understand sure. the hype. It's a fine little show. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other episodes you want to talk about before we get to episode nine? Nah, not really. I don't know. Like, the, the way the games themselves are structured, like, uh, I like that there's clever solutions to most of them. Like, uh, I don't know, the one where they had to, like, take the the candy, like, thing and cut their shape out of it without breaking it. Uh, it was clever. And it, I was like, hey, this is a clever solution. And then 30 seconds later, 
the character was like, hey, I bet I can do it with this clever solution that Caleb just thought of. There and you go. That made me feel very smart and confident. And I liked that. <laughs> well, I mean, you should feel very smart and very confident. You're uh, uh, a very smart and confident man. And, pr- and pretty? Mm, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Thanks, Meatloaf. Yeah, I don't know. I did. I did like how a lot of the games were structured. So, I think the most like intense one was probably the tug of war. Yeah, it was a, a real edge of your seat kind of scene. Yeah, that one. That one I was actually probably most impressed with because, like, you it starts out and you're like they have a strategy because the old man is like a really good strate- strategist for, and you're like. Wow, what an interesting strategy of just like holding on, like basically just like hold your ground for 10 seconds, wait for them to tire out and then uh, tell them like basically win the game from there. And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to just win from that. That's awesome. But then, of course, the the show has to throw in the fact that like, oh, no, they got to go through hardships and then they start fucking losing. You're like, oh, oh, no. And I actually felt like, oh, no, they actually might lose here, even though there was four more episodes or something after that. And then, you know, the song would be like, hey, let's just fuck them up by t- throwing off their entire center of balance. By, uh, you know, running forward really quickly and then they all fall over and then we just drag them helplessly into the fucking pit <laughs> where they can hang out with Chris uh, fucking Chris Pratt. Yeah, I don't know. That was like during the the early like stages of the tug of war battle. I was like, why is everybody on the same side of the rope? So whenever they were like, yeah, that's one of the one of the things we have to do is like alternate people down the side of down the length of the rope. Mm-hmm. I was, that was another moment where I was like, hey, they like that's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk about uh, Mr. Zero Zero One Cyborg Zero Zero One himself. <laughs> He was he was like my favorite character until he wasn't right uh, until they ruined him in the in the ninth episode. Like he he's what kind of makes like the the sixth episode tick. Like all the other mm-hmm. like side plots about that. Like I, I understand why they had to do them, but like showing Gihun uh, taking advantage of an old man with dementia. What like that basically cinched? Like I cannot root for this character. Like I don't care how bad he feels afterwards. I cannot root for this character because he did what he did yeah well like it seemed like at that point he was just like hey you know like he's he's about to die from a brain tumor like it doesn't seem like he's here right now like his mind is just gone i might as well just survive it doesn't like excuse it right no and that's how i justified it too was like hey Gyun's just being it, like it, it at least makes sense right like this this man's quality of life is is gone now like he like he's talked about dementia and how he's how that's a, a an, an inevitability for him so like it's like a mercy almost but also like it was very scumbaggy and when uh you know he he snaps out of it and it's like you took advantage of me uh, at at the end, like no matter what, like I, all I wanted to do was just live out some final moments with my buddy, and you decided instead to take advantage of me, because it it felt like he was always just going to let him win, you know, and just be like, hey, I took all your marbles, but it's okay. Here, you can have them, so you can live. Yeah. 
But then they they ruin it in the final episode with that whole shit. So let's talk about the final episode. Uh, it's Gihun versus Songwoo, and uh, after a quick struggle, uh, Gihun wins. But then he's like, "I don't want to win anymore. I don't want to play by their rules." Despite the fact that he's been playing by their rules for six days now. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, he goes to you know Songwoo and says like, "Hey, let's uh, let's vote to end the game because there's two of us. If we both agree, you know, that's a majority and." The game ends and we can both go home. Uh, and Song was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I still only care about the money and not people and, you know, fucking kills himself. Right. And he's like, take care of my mom. And that's it. Yeah. So then Gion gets the, the big money uh, along with, you know, promises to look after everybody's families. Uh, so then he gets out and gets the money and then doesn't do that thing that he promised right for like a year right it, it takes a whole year for him like he takes out ten thousand <laughs> just, just leaves the kid and leaves the kid in the orphanage the mom loses her fucking stand has to open up a cart instead like like uh, man like they i get that he went through some some fucking shit but like also shouldn't you have fucking done something within a year for for the, like you had two promises to make to people just just follow the those fucking promises and i guess that's like his character is that he can't follow fucking promises because even at the end where he's like i'm gonna stop the game like he's like i promise sweetie i'll he's fucking um arnold schwarzenegger's character in jingle all the way he's like i'll be there i promise and then he never shows up Mm -hmm. so like that that really made me continue to not like gihun i was like okay maybe he'll like be better be a better human being as yeah. he makes all this money uh and realize like have some empathy for others who are in a situation but then he, they they have that whole sequence in the fucking penthouse with just the hospital bed and then there's this guy out in the middle of the street who, who is suffering and gihun's like well made this bet with this old man i'm yeah. not gonna do anything right because like the old man was like hey i'll bet you nobody stops to help that guy and all Gihun had to do was fucking walk outside, go help the guy, then come back and be like, "You're wrong." Exactly. But he, but and that would show, and that's the problem. That would show character growth for Gihun. But so that's why he didn't do it. Is because like otherwise that, that would show him actually taking personal responsibility for the state of the world that he lives in. Right. But he's not going is, to do that. You know, he above care. the level of depth that he has, and then for no apparent reason. Uh, he fucking gets a haircut and, like, dyes his hair like this bright red K-pop fucking <laughs> hairstyle, uh, and then decides that he's an action hero now and he's coming to get the people who run the game. Right. F- fucking out of nowhere. Yeah, that never felt true, because, like, they even say that, you know, oh, this game in Korea is going very well, which implies there's games elsewhere across the rest of the world so like i know like i know they're thinking about season two and i know the writer is currently working on a season two but he's like i don't know how to approach it and i'm like of course you don't know how to approach it uh because this guy because it's a bad idea (laughs) well i don't think it's a bad idea but like you got to do it somewhere other than fucking korea at this point like if you diversify it and put it in another country fine it may with more more interesting and better characters then i'll get on board 
But like, I don't want to see a season two of Gihun trying to be like, hey, guys, I'm in this game, too. But also, let's fuck the money and, you know, fuck the system entirely. Because like, Gihun could have could have fucking started doing that himself. But instead, he's like, hey, instead of actually affecting the world around me, I'm going to go to this microcosm of the world and just do shit and then watch people die, too. Yeah. I don't know. Set season two in North Korea, and instead of 45 billion won, have people competing for a sandwich. Big true. And then uh, the girl's mom shows up, and she's there, too. Look at these ideas. These are great ideas. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, make season two not about Gihun, and I'll be happy. Uh, it won't happen, though, so I won't be happy. If cutting my hair and dyeing it red turned me into John Wick, that would be... Actually, awesome. I am intrigued to see what, like, I'm kind of interested to see like how he grows as a character. So I don't, I just don't see it, man. Like, it took him a year to break out of a fucking catatonic state in order to like start affecting change and follow through on his promises. Although he still forsaked his little girl because he's a fucking monster. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to talk about with the show? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think we kind of shit all over it. Yeah. Second half doesn't back up what we said in the first half, but generally I think it's like an interesting show. The The concept's probably fresh to somebody that isn't me, but you know, there there's the little details that just don't work, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be reviewing The Forgotten Battle. Oh, that's right. That is what we're reviewing. Yeah. Uh, and then, do we have a third segment planned for that? It will be a patron. It will be whatever Ashley's Patreon pick is. I don't remember what it is offhand, and Patreon is currently down because uh, Bill okay. deleted a hundred million rows of data. <laughs> well, I hope it involves apes and lasers. Uh, it doesn't. What the fuck was it? I think it was some spooky movie. Let's see if Patreon's back up after Bill restored all the data. Uh, looks like it. Uh, oh, that's right. It's Twilight. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's the fourth quarter, Caleb. Don't you remember this is the quarter where everyone picks the worst fucking movies to make us watch? I don't know. Gerald already made me watch all three fucking Fifty Shades movies, so I'm not afraid of anything. That's true. Uh, however, can we, like, refuse her money? Uh, hold on. Patreon relationship manager. <laughs> uh, Ashley. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we can refund her October. <laughs> I'll think about it. Nah, I think it'll be funny. I think it'll be funny, too. Uh, I think it'll be funny as well. I should say. So that's next week on the show. Uh, as for where you can find us, Netflix and Swill.com is your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Also join our Discord server. It's popping. We've, we've been sharing some Squid Game memes. They're great. Uh, fucking the old man memes are fantastic, and everyone should be making a million versions of those. Uh, also, yeah. if they include uh, flat-brim hats to put on the old man where he's smiling, uh, that'd be even better. Yeah, he's like 2021's Joe Exotic. The most memeable Netflix character. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is how everybody's going to feel when they <laughs> hear what I have to say about their favorite show. 
I will say this, Katie from uh, For Your Reference also uh, is not a big fan of Squid Game, so we're at least we'll at least have one person with us in solidarity. Cool. Well, let us uh, raise our fists together and uh, fuck fuck big uh, hive mind Netflix watch whatever. I'm still confused how this was the show that everyone picked. I don't know why this is the show that everyone picked. <sighs> oh, well. whatever. Um, yeah. We uh, we thank you for going along on the journey with us. And uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.